Welcome to Screen Wings, a brand new era, brand new day. Dawn has arrived for the new rebirth of Screen Wings, starring London and Thomas. Nothing's actually changed. Nope. Hello. Except we're talking about Song Kang Ho today. Song Kang Ho! Uh, this yes. weekend was brutal. Oh the yeah, fucking heat. I don't know how hot it was in Chehalis, but oh yeah, no, it it was uh it was plenty warm enough. Uh, let's see, on Saturday we worked a full day in the heat. That sucked. And then Sunday when everyone oh nine eleven. Uh, Sunday when all the other restaurants in town closed down, but we didn't. Uh, around six o'clock, within the span of half an hour, we got like so many orders that we had to actually close down and spend the next few hours catching up with the orders we had gotten in just that half hour period. Because like dinner time hit, nowhere was open, and everyone in town was like, "Pizza, pizza." You know what? We should have something like a hot steaming pizza on this hot day. It's like I. Uh, Dairy Queen was also open, and I had to deliver past them a few times, and they're, they're, like, the line was out into, like, both lanes of traffic in town, so that was, that's more understandable. They got ice cream there. Yeah. We don't have ice cream. (laughs) We've got hot pizza, but... Can you just, can you just, like, cook a pizza and then freeze it for us, so it's like a frozen treat? We have customers that will, like, call and order, like, pizzas to freeze, and it's like... Why don't just get fucking like frozen pizza? Yeah, or isn't there? A, I there's not a Papa Murphy's down there, is there? Uh, we've got a Papa Murphy's. We don't have a Papa John's. Isn't Papa Murphy's the one where they go and they don't cook it? They just make it, and you take. Why wouldn't they just go there? <laughs> I need a Domino's pizza to free. They need our like cornmeal crust. And hopefully, that's not a secret. I don't think it is. Thomas about to be fired. I mean, you could... Live on the podcast, Domino's is calling him. You can look at the pizza and see all the cornmeal there. I mean, I think most people call it, like, salt or something. I don't know what they would think it is, but it's cornmeal. That nice, grainy seasoning that gets everywhere on your lap and chest when you're eating a Domino's pizza. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're, like, eating with a plate directly underneath it. But, yeah. Uh... Yeah, this, the fucking heat wave fucking sucked. And then on Monday, they just completely closed down, which is good, because that's when I watched most of these movies. And if that day didn't close, I don't know if I'd be, be like, uh, I'd, London? I'd, I probably would have prioritized the movies, but Hearts of Atlantis, I probably would have been like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, because we're recording... That that's the one thing about this thing is like we record a, usually a deep dive and a I know I always forget book and I'm like oh that's the same I'm a, day I'm always like oh yeah I'll have to watch like two movies and read a book and then I get to like two and days you before. don't read the book for twenty eight of those thirty days yeah and then I get to the end I'm like oh yeah I'll just have to like read a book and speed watch two movies and then I'm like oh fuck I've always got five movies because it's always during a deep dive. Class. Usually pretty long movies too. I, most deep dive movies tend not to be ninety minutes. Yeah, uh, cases, but that's why we need to bring back Uwe Boll. All right, that man knows how to make either a good short picture or a good long picture. 
because all of his films are good. Yeah. Like, welcome to the Disney sponsor, Uwe Boll. Come on in, woo! No. woo. Uh, like in the name of the cane or whatever that. Like was. Rampage. Rampage, that movie. Let's watch Rampage two and three. And Blood Rain two and three. And in the name of the King two and three. One day, House of the Dead two. And Alone in the Dark two. I'd be I'd be more open to those last two you mentioned. I don't know about not in the name of the king two and three. I'd probably watch those. Uh, Blood Rain and Rampage, uh, maybe Blood Rain. I don't I don't know if I want to watch Rampage two and three. The, those movies were not my cup of tea. Or the first one was not my cup of tea. Rampage and the Fanatic would go well together. <laughs> They're both about equally as, wow, I don't enjoy watching this movie at all. I forgot we watched The Fanatic. We didn't talk about that on the last episode because it happened after. Yeah. I'm like, what? Do you want to go back in time? Uh, yeah, we really wanted to get into the wild hog spirit afterwards, so we watched The Fanatic, and I was really bad. And not even, like, enjoyable bad, because I no. heard that it was, like, funny bad. And there were, like, two parts that I'm like, okay, that's... I guess. Yeah, I think... The but most only, of it was just like, oh. I think the only part that got, like, a somewhat genuine laugh from me that wasn't just sheer uncomfortable, like, giggles was uh, the part where he dresses up as a British man. Like, the initial time when he did that, I was like, what the hell? And then he was, there's a part where he explains later, he's like, some people actually think I'm British, but I'm not. And I'm just like... Okay. That, that okay, that was is, a classic jump that line the moment. <laughs> is pretty okay funny for this movie. But yeah, no, the rest of that movie is abysmal. You got some pop finals? Yeah, two of my coworkers just started they just got me pop figures. <laughs> they got me uh Wado and Suburba. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I mean at least you know Jedi mind tricks won't work on your Little pop my motto. Yeah, not for both of them, clearly. Yeah, Sebulba would get wrecked. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, what did you do the rest of the week? Uh, well, aside from reading and watching Sonic King Home movies, I watched, uh, the European cut of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, because the movie originally came out in Europe with, like, the shortest cut of the film, and then it later got the theatrical version that, like, released over here, uh, which upped the runtime a little bit. And then there's, like, an extended cut, but that one's just, like, a rough cut for what would eventually become the theatrical. Uh, the definitive version is, like, the theatrical, according to George Romero. But uh, the, the European cut, I watched it once when I was a kid. And I watched it now because I, I haven't seen this in years. I want to see. You're like, I want to feel like a kid again. I want to see how it holds up. Plus, I hadn't watched Dawn of the Dead in a while in general. So, uh, it holds up pretty well. Uh, it's a pretty decent cut. It trims out a lot of uh, stuff that I like. But I think, like, anyone who watches the movie and finds it to be boring or thinks it doesn't have enough of the Goblin soundtrack, they would probably like that version more. So it's so we just need to take the the European cut soundtrack, splice it into the 
theatrical cut. I don't really think it's necessary. It's just that it plays more often. I don't think they necessarily play more tracks oh, from okay. it. And there's some tracks from the American cut that I like that aren't present in it, like the gonk, which is most famously known as like the robot chicken theme, the the dun 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 dun. That's in that movie. Uh, but yeah. Uh, George Romero made Robot Chicken? Is that what you're saying? I, I wish. Uh, but yeah, so I watched that, and then I watched uh, Day of the Dead. That's a good one. That is a good one. I still haven't seen Dawn of the Dead. Well. I've seen Night on the podcast. You I've have? seen Dawn. The remake? Day. I meant oh, Day. Okay. And then, I, yeah, I've seen the remake of Dawn, but it was when I was like seven or something like that. It was on television, so... Mm. I watched F9. Oh, yeah? How yeah. was that? It was stupid. But, like, they take a car to space. Mm. I mean, it was... I like the Fast and Furious movies for being dumb. Uh, and this was dumb, so I enjoyed it. There's a part where Vin Diesel fights, like, 35 guys in a sewer. Oh, nice. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, it was pretty weak in comparison to the last couple movies. Like, uh, the villain sucked in this one. Mm. Um, John Cena was funny in it. Like, it was, I, it was, I just kept laughing that him and Vin Diesel were supposed to be, like, brothers in it. It's just like, ah. Uh, uh, okay. It was, it was funny. That was a fun time. Uh, it's not as good as the last, like, three, but I liked it. Okay. And we also watched Iron Man 3, just continuing mm-hmm. the MCU. That one's okay. I, I, in general, I just don't think any of the Iron Man movies are good. Iron Man 3 has a lot going for it. I really like the ideas behind it, but I think all of those ideas are underdeveloped. Yeah, it's pretty much how I feel about all three of them across the board, too. Yeah. But at least in Iron Man 2, Whiplash is like, I want my bird. True. True. I think that in general, I still like Iron Man 2 the most, just yeah. because it's the most, like, fun. I like I like Whiplash, I like his stupid costume. I probably like 2 the best as well, but I think I like it mainly because I like the Tony and his father plot in it. I think that's, at least from what I remember, mm-hmm. the most interesting part of that movie. Oh, yeah. and it's got Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Uh, he needs to come back. I hope he comes back for, like, Armor Wars. Mm. Um, it would make sense, because, like, Hammer Industries is a huge thing in the comics, and that's that's his thing. Yeah. Marvel, you better bring back Sam Rockwell. I mean, and they're bringing back Tim Roth as Abomination and oh, uh, She-Hulk. And he also shows up in the trailer for Shang- Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi oh, the, okay. the new one coming out. I'm like, yo, Abomination's oh. coming back. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. I didn't even know if that film was still considered canon. Yep. Yeah. Nobody does, but yes, it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I was just trying to read. It was really, the days that it was hot, I was just like, we were just not doing like anything. I'm just like, it's too hot. It's too hot to do anything. Yeah. I was trying to read, I'm like, I'm just sweating. No. Yeah. No. It oh, was yeah. bad. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about the greatest actor to ever live. <laughs> Song Hang Ho. He's he's amazing. I I really, really, really love him. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh fucking I remember I had only seen him in uh what's that movie? 
I always want to call it train spotting, snow piercer. Uh, <laughs> they should do a South Korean remake of Train Spotting with him in it. They should. Where uh, he plays a 30, like a 25 year old. Like, oh, I'm Song Kang Ho. He could play the uh, the older, crazier guy from that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, that would be awesome, actually. <laughs> but uh, I'd only ever seen him in that movie. And he's like, he's Song Kang Ho in that movie, but he's mm-hmm. not like. I don't know. I, I don't think he stands out as much in that movie, especially if you don't know who he is. Yeah. I felt the same way because I I think that was the first movie I saw from him mm. as well. And then you had shown me the host for one of our like movie days over yeah, here. And I was, was like, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then just more of his movies he kept showing us. And I was like, holy oh, fuck. Yeah. And then we eventually watched Memories of Murder. Yeah. And that's oh. when I was like, that and Taxi Driver. As I don't know if we watched those the same night or if it was pretty uh. close. I think that was the same. Yeah, because I think we were doing a South Korean uh, film stuff. Um, And I just remember that night being like, holy fuck, this guy's great. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah. Uh, And he was like never really like he didn't go to like school to learn. And he he got into the game pretty late, like late 20s, like early 30s. Yeah, um, I saw I, some some of the movies we're talking about are like some of his earliest works as well. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, at least I think all of his segments from uh, is the movie called The Day the Pig Fell Into the Well. Yeah, or I still haven't seen that movie. Yeah. It's by Hong 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 So. I think his name is. I don't um, remember. It, who's like a director who's been on my list for a long time? Not just for that movie. I've just heard. Mm-hmm. He has lots of good movies, um, but I haven't seen that movie. Was was he epic? That was like ninety nine, right? That was pretty early. Yeah, uh, from what I remember, he he pretty much kind of plays a similar character to like what he plays in a fuck. Which movie was that? I don't know. Like. It's one of those movies where he's, like, a character who's, like, clearly depressed and not living the life he wants to lead and kind of does, like, some, like, cringy, just, like, standoffish things because of it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, like, the scene from uh, The Foul King where he, like, goes up and does karaoke. Like, I feel like that scene is a pretty good, like, tone setter for the his segments in The Day the Pig Fell. And, oh, like, good. We're, Whatever that movie's called. But yeah, that was the first movie he was in. And then he was in uh, Green Fish in that small role. Yeah. Uh, that was the which next year. Which we've covered. Yeah, which we've covered. Check out the episode. It's old. And I don't know if we're on camera for it. It's long. It's old. Yeah. Uh, and then he was in a movie called uh, Timeless, Bottomless, Bad Movie. Mm. Which I haven't seen. Um I've heard it's pretty good. I like the name. And he was in something called Number Three. Uh, I don't think he's the main character in that. And then he was in The Quiet Family, which I've seen. I can't remember if you've seen that. That's also by Kim Ji-Woon. Uh, I think so. And Kim Ji-Woon is the guy who did uh, The Falcon. Okay. And he did, like, The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. Mm. And he did uh, I Saw the Devil. He's done a bunch of stuff. Mm. Um, and he's in that with Choi Min Sik. Uh, that was that was one of my first introductions to Song King as well, or maybe not my first. I had seen him in a couple of things, but Michael showed me that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was in this movie called Shiri, uh, which is also with Choi Min Sik. And then The Falcon Joint Security Area were both in two thousand, and then two thousand two, I think, was Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. 
Uh, the next year he was in Memories of Murder. In general, after that, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, couple of years later, The Host and The Show Must Go On were the same movie, or same year, the same movie. Um, I think Thirst was 2008, no, 2009. Mm-hmm. And then Snowpiercer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Pretty much all the movies we're covering are in, like, the early segments of his career. Yeah, and then he was in Parasite and blew up over here in the West. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that I was, like, I hate to be, like, hipsterish, but I'm glad that I was able to, like, at least be a little bit ahead of the curve on that to be like, oh, like, I know who this guy is before, like, it actually blew up. I mean, obviously it was coming, and he had already been, like, obviously South Korean movies have been over here for a little, yeah. like, gaining popularity over here for a while. <laughs> but in general, it's just, it's so much nicer to, like, be able to explain my favorite movie to people more easily, because I go, ah, it's this movie called Memories of Murder, and they're like, what's that? I'm like, did you see Parasite, or have you heard of Parasite? And most people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's by the same director, and it has the same starring guy, and it's, like, ten times better. Even though I love Parasite, but, like, Memories of Murder is, like, the greatest movie I've ever seen, so. Yeah, no, like, I feel like Memories of Murder, for me, is, like, a ten, and, like, Parasite's, like, a very high nine, and possibly a ten. I just have to I have that. Parasite at a ten, and I have Memories of Murder at a ten, but it's still, like, whoa. Yeah, I need to rewatch Parasite. It's been a while. For me, too. I watched it a couple times when it first came out, and then I just haven't watched it since. But it's a good movie. That's why next week we're doing Song King Ho Part 2. No, I'm just fucking <laughs> Um But yeah. Song King Ho is awesome. Yeah, it's great. Um, you ready to start? No, I want to I wanna share this Richard Band stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, So I'm going through my email last night because I'm trying to find a Decent place to watch uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. It's the one on Tubi TV had some fucking issue where, like... Oh, it was on Hulu. Yeah, that's where I ended oh, up okay. watching it eventually. But, uh... So, like... The subtitles were saying, like, I'm, but it would be spelled, like, FM, and it would, like... Typos oh. like that were just riddled throughout the whole thing. I'm like, alright. I tried watching that and I was like alright this is gonna distract me the entire fucking movie so then I looked at Voodoo and I'm like alright I'll go to Voodoo uh, and then they wouldn't send me my fucking password reset link because I couldn't remember my password so during this part I'm in my emails and I see that six days ago Richard Band emails me now a little bit of a backstory. I think I mentioned this a handful of episodes ago whenever it happened I had reached out to Richard Band who is the brother of Charles Band of Full Moon Productions he makes all the, not all the music for all their movies, but he makes a large sum of the music for the Full Moon movies. And I thought, wow, you know, we meme and watch a lot of Full Moon movies. It'd be cool to have Richard Band do a Screen Weens theme. And I reached out to him. He got back to me and was like, yeah, just let me know, like, what the project is and I can maybe think about it. And I told him we were a movie podcast and he never responded. So cut to six days ago when I get an email from him. Here, let me read it. Cause... Uh, to preface this, do you think this is like a hacked account situation? Oh, most okay. definitely. Uh, let me <laughs> let me read the emails. Uh, I don't think that this is crossing a line because it's not actually him. It's his actual email, which I will not give away, even though you can find it on his website. Um, let me see. So, initially... He sent me a message that, just out of the blue, June 24th, I said, Hi, 
I hope you and your family are in good health. I need a quick favor from you. Kindly reply, er, kindly reply as soon as you receive my mail. Best, Richard Band. So I'm like, this is strange. Uh, I didn't have that sort of a relationship where he would reach out to me. I emailed him once and he ignored me. So I was like, all right, well, I'll just reply. Uh, so I sent him a message saying, greetings. Oh. Uh, greetings. I have just received your mail. I must admit I am intrigued as to what this favor is. My family is fine. How are you and your family? To which he responds, thanks for responding. I am sorry for bothering you with this mail. I need to get an eBay gift card for my friend. It's her birthday and I can't do this now because my knees are giving me problems as well. <laughs> I am going up and down one step at a time. This method is neither graceful or fast. Both graceful or fast have exclamation points after them. Uh, and I tried purchasing online, but unfortunately, no luck with that. Can you get it from any store around you? I'll pay back. Kindly let me know if you can handle this. Await your soonest response. Now, uh, that message, it said it was from Richard Brand, but when I looked closer, the name was Richard Brand, but this one was from a different email. The last one was actually from his email. This one was from, like, LadyCorkSomething at Gmail, and I was like, okay, so I just responded to his actual email. Like, I composed a new email to his email, so I was like, I'm not going to email this random email, even though they clearly have my email address. So I basically responded one more time saying, I'm sorry to hear about your knees. I'm glad you had the foresight to message me six days ago and I managed to catch the message just in time for your friend's birthday. I don't understand why your last email came from a lady cork and not your actual personal email address. Is this some alt account of yours? Also, have you thought about asking Charles? I'm sure he'd be able to secure you an eBay card. I unfortunately also have bad knees and can't go to the store. To which they never replied. So yeah, Richard Band has been hacked. Or he just needs or an maybe eBay he gift needs card. an eBay card and his knees are actually bad. Unless you had gotten this and he, he composed something for us. What if he needed you? He's old! <laughs> Richard, reach out to me. If Send a selfie. Send a selfie so I know it's you. A selfie is a photograph that is taken by uh, yourself, usually with your phone as as yeah. as such. You take a picture of yourself. Send me a picture of you with a note that says, I need eBay card, and I will get to you that eBay Tommy card. Tommy Griffin. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, the offer's still open. If you want to write the Screen Wings theme, if you, you want to write the script welcome. to the next DDoSer movie... You can come on and join, collaborate with me. It'll be a full moon production. <laughs> what if they did that, but like Charles Band wanted to own the character rights? Would you Would you do it, or would you back off? Would you be like, no? I'd probably do it. Yeah. I don't give a shit about T-Dos or most Fair. I think it's a funny thing, but, like, it's not something that I, like, care deeply about. Also, he'll be dead in 20 years. I can probably get the rights back by then. I'd be like, okay, but when you die, I get them back. There you go. I'd write that in the clause. But, yeah. Um, All right. 
Oh. Yeah, so I guess you just want to dive into, uh, what's the first one? It'd be Falcon. The Falcon, yeah. This is the last one I watched. Me too. I just finished this like 20 minutes before we got here. <laughs> I started to watch it last night at like 2 a.m., but then I suddenly got extremely tired. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I finished this one at like 6.30 in the morning. What a weirdo. Yeah, I was up all night watching. Up all night to get lucky. Yeah, and then I took like a three-hour nap, and I woke up and finished Hearts of Atlantis. Oh, God. And that book is so fucking boring. I'm just What? Straight up say... The oh, ghost is out there. Uh, I... Well, well, I'll save it. I'll yeah. save it. I'll save this it. isn't even the right podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the Foul King is about Song Kang Ho. He works at like a bank. He's like a bank teller or like... Yeah. He does something uh, there. He does something there. Well, something. Not very well. Yeah, um, his boss. His boss like hates him uh, and like beats him up. <laughs> but he decides he's like, I want to become a wrestler. Yeah, because he gets... He, his boss like basically corners him in the bathroom and puts him in a headlock and he's like, I have to learn how to escape this headlock. I know. I'll go to a karate place. And, like, the guy leading the karate place is, like, seems like a hack. He's got, like, a neck brace and he's like, yeah, if someone's got you in a chokehold, you just gotta, like, you gotta, he says you just gotta, if he hasn't, just kick him upwards. Just kick all the way up, hit him in the head. Yeah, so he's just like, all right, I'm going to go. So he and goes, he's like walking and he sees like an amateur studio and they're like looking for prof- or looking for amateur wrestlers. And like, I could do that because he remembers like in his youth, he watched wrestling a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he goes inside and uh, meets the old coach who is like, you f- dumb fuck, get the fuck out of here. It's like, ah, come on, at least show me how to get out of the headlock. So he's. He's like, all right, fine, put me in a headlock. And so Song Kang Ho puts the old coach in a headlock, and then he just tickles his torso. He's like, ah! And, like, backs off, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. So anyway, turns out the old coach has got, like, it's like an old student of his, or, like, someone who he trained, who has gotten, like, successful, it seemed. That's Yeah, Yubi Ho or something like that? Yeah, and basically this guy wants a cheat, but he can't get one from his other, like, source of fighters, so he's basically going to the coach, and he's like, I need you to train me a cheat. Uh, because th- these people won't do it. Someone charming, someone who's, like, a character, so yeah. he's like, ah, okay, and the song Pain Ho guy just keeps hanging around my gym for no fucking reason. So, yeah, sure, why not? I'll train him out of fight. And then, yeah, uh, the movie is kind of, like, I don't know, if you ever watched, like, a boxing or a wrestling anime. It feels like it's following like those basic, like, mm-hmm. you know, plot beats of a typical sports anime where he's like, I'm bad, I'm kind of goofy. Except he never wins. <laughs> yeah, it, it never reaches that threshold. I, he I, almost does then. Like, he does some good shit. And then he, he does get wrecked, though. And then goes to the hospital. Wait, so he... Uh, okay, I'm a little unclear on the ending fight results. Because I thought... That he had kind of gone over the line of where they were supposed to go, and that, like, he didn't technically take out the other guy, but the other guy ended up fucking himself up in that final move. I mean, yeah, that too, but, like, they also said that if you cheat, you lose by default. 
Oh, and okay. he did that a lot in that fight. So. Well, I figured the whole, like, gimmick was, like, he has to cheat, but as long as he's not caught cheating, and that was, like, the whole show, like, there's that bit where he, like, puts yeah, the like, in his mouth. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, there, there's some decent uh, sequences. He, like, ends up falling in love with, like, the coach's daughter or... Yeah, because there's another there's another lady that he's like in love with that he works with, and he's in love with her for like no reason. But then he also falls in love with the coach's daughter. I think. Well, he at least it's leaning that way. Yeah, he's has feelings. The movie kind of ends on like the anti ending of what you would expect for this movie because he he he, wins he goes to loses. confront his 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 boss, boss, and then he trips, and yeah. then it just ends. And we also see that in that. Scenario where he goes to fight his boss. He also leaves the girl behind because she goes to get him some like oatmeal or something in the hospital. He's like, I gotta go do this. Yeah, but he doesn't say anything. He just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just like, oh, okay. And yeah, uh, this is a fun little movie. I liked it. I really like this movie. Um, this reminds me a lot of The Quiet Family, which was Kim Ji Woon's first movie. Mm. And it all said Song Kang Ho, and it has a lot of like, dark, uh, like, physical comedy to it. That movie's about, like, a uh, they a family that owns, like, a bed and breakfast on a mountain, and it's, like, a cursed bed and breakfast, so everyone that shows up just dies. Oh. And they keep, like, they're like, oh, fuck, we just bought this, we need the money, so they keep hiding the bodies. Ah. Uh, that's a fun movie. It's like Blood Shack. Yeah. Great movie. Um, but that has a lot of like fun physical comedy with Song Kang Ho and Song Kang Ho is really good at physical comedy he's really uh, good at like just physical yeah. sequences he ha- he doesn't do that a lot like in general like he does like the drop kick and stuff and he does that so much in this movie I was just like yeah there's a lot of good like physical stuff from him in this movie like I, there are points where I'm like I think that's a stunt double but there were other points where it looked like he had been doing yeah. like half the shit and I was like oh fuck okay there, there are actual moments where I'm like yo that's actually pretty epic like yeah. when he re uh, when he fights the people that were like bullying him, the the random like thugs on the oh, street yeah. or whatever, he just like beats the shit out of them real quick. Uh, he I, puts on the mask, turns around, they're like, "What the fuck?" I love the sequence in the final fight where I don't know if this was actually him doing it or if it was a stunt double. The whole thing's kind of in silhouette, if I remember correctly. But where he's like doing the drop kick thing from the stands against the guy and they both like meet and collide. Yeah. I thought that part was pretty No. And there was earlier in that fight that like randomly he just like does a backflip and then yeah. does a kick and he fails at that but I'm just like the way they shot that I'm like yo! Yeah. <laughs> like legitimately I thought this was just gonna be kind of like a fun little comedy drama but there's some cool fight sequences in it. Oh definitely. Definitely. I really like the way they shot those wrestling sequences. And I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And I, in general, I, I think Song King is fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to say that about all five movies, though, probably. Uh, yeah. And uh, then there's there are some plot threads that don't necessarily get finished all the way. But I kind of like it because it feels like like his, his friend... Uh, he like quits because something's going on. Like the bank, the boss is like using him for something. I yeah. think they're, I think they're 
taking out a loan that's way too big on somebody so that they can get more money and they're not supposed to be doing that. And then they're like, no, we'll take the blame. But then they just blame it on him kind of thing. Yeah. And then he just like freaks out and quits. And Song Hingo like tries to stop him, but he just walks out. And I, I kind of like that just because it's like Song Hingo is so obsessed with this wrestling that like everything around him is just like falling to the side. And he has no idea this has been happening. Mm-hmm. While his friends like being like, hey, can we go out for a drink? I need to talk and stuff. He's like, sorry, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish that they had, like, brought that just a little more full circle. Like, but... Yeah, I get that, too. Like, it's... But, yeah, it, de- it definitely seems like the movie's got that kind of tone about it where it's, like... You can tell that Song Kano is, like, not making the best decisions. Yeah. In general, this movie's also, like, if you think about it for more than, like, two seconds, pretty sad, too. Oh, like, yeah. he's he's... He's being bullied at work. He can't, like, he's just in a job he doesn't like. His and his boss is let him be himself. His dad him. is not great to him. And he's finally finds somewhere that he's like, okay, maybe I can learn something. And they immediately are just like, okay, we're going to train this guy to be like a cheat. And he's like, I just want to learn how to defend myself. And I like, and he was a really big fan of wrestling and stuff. He's like, why do I have to keep cheating? Mm-hmm. And that's why I really like that ending, like, wrestling match, because he stops cheating, like, halfway through, and he, there's some, like, cool fights and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and it shows, like, earlier when he fought those those just random guys on the street that had been attacking him, that, like, he has the capability to just be a wrestler, or to just be a fighter. And he's like, no, just let me fight. <laughs> so yeah. there's, yeah. Yeah, and they, they like, demask him. During the fight, yeah. too, which I think is meant to be, like, a way to basically, like, I don't know if it was meant to imply, like, if he hadn't been demasked, if he could, like, theoretically get back into the wrestling scene as, like, a different character, but because they demasked him, he's, like, it basically, like, fucks up his storyline or whatever. I'm not sure if that's what the implication was. I think that or might was be part of it, and for of, him. Because, like, obviously, he looked up to the uh, tiger mask Yeah, that the one wearing. that he took. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was his old coach. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in Cars. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And they find out that Doc Hudson was the Hudson Hornet. Poor bastard. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this, this one's fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I thought, I, I also liked that this was the last movie I watched. I thought it. Had a fun tone after some of the other more depressing ones. Yeah, the one I watched before this one was not as fun. Was it Sympathy? Yeah. Me too. Yeah, that was... Uh, I was just like, la la la. I'm like, and I should have known because it's part of the Vengeance trilogy, which is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. And Old Boy is fucked up and depressing. I haven't seen it yet, but one day. Oh, shit. One day. I forgot. Yeah, we'll do that in the remake. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, also, I really like the, the soundtrack to this. It's very fun. There's a lot of really fun songs in this one. Yeah. I've got a question real quick where we're just kind of on the subject of Vengeance. There's another movie called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance that came out in, like, 2018. I, I saw it, like, popping up when I was, like, looking. I, I just wanted to know if you knew anything about it, if it's, like, a remake or... Um, I know the... I don't think this was ever made... Oh, okay. Because it doesn't seem like anyone's seen it. Um, I know that in 2010, film rights in the U.S. were bought for an American remake, but they probably 
scrap that after old boy did so poorly. Yeah, fair. Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't just show up. Let's see. Yeah, it says directed by Hani Abu Asad. I think I'm hopefully I pronounced that right. Yeah, six people have seen it. And they probably haven't. Knowing how some people will just say it like there's some movies that aren't like even out yet that I feel like I see like the eye icon. Yeah. Like, hmm. I don't know if that's true. But, but yeah. Yeah. You'd give this movie a seven. Six? Wow. You hate song. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you would give this movie a ten. No, you'd probably give it like a seven or an eight. <laughs> give it an eight. No, I give all these movies a ten. Alright, joint security area, which is by Park Chan Luke, who we've talked about before, and who did two of the movies we're talking about today. This movie sucked. I hated it. Uh-huh. It was the worst. Uh-huh. No, this movie is fucking great. I there's one part of this movie that like goes throughout the whole thing that I just don't think is a great idea for the movie. Uh, but other than that, I think this movie's phenomenal. Uh, I don't think the investigation like yeah, I I I I just think that if they just started it from the beginning and ran with it, I think it would have been fine. I think the investigation worked for kind of telling it out of like. Out of order a yeah, little bit. But, a little bit. But they kind of drop it for, like, the middle part, too. And they so I'm do. just like, they they, do. I don't think they do enough with it to at, really justify it. I think they need a little the more. Film that way. I, I think it might have worked better had they just, like, introduced that plot thread, like, partway through the movie. <laughs> but they wanted to keep that, like, aura of mystery in the beginning, I guess. Because, <clears throat> like... When the film starts, you, you know, at least me, I didn't know anything about this movie. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, Song Kang-ho looked evil. He's like North Korean. He's got like a big scar under his eye and he seems kind of like a jerk. Then he turns out to be the like world's biggest sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, basically what happens is there is some like South Korean soldiers who like go over the line at the border without knowing it. And one of them gets left behind and he gets stuck in. He's in, like, a mine. He triggers it. And he's like, oh, no, I can't move. Or else I'm going to blow up. So then Song Kane-ho and uh, his... Uh, oh, the other, that guy was also in The Falcon. I don't know if you recognize him. He was one oh. of the, the guys that he fought. The, like, guys just hanging out on the street that, like, chased him earlier. Oh, and then okay. he went to I, beat I him. I didn't notice. And he's also in... Um, he's in another one of these movies as well. He might have been in... Simp- oh, yeah, he was Ryu in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance as well. Which one was Ryu? That was the deaf... Uh, oh, okay. The main character. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was in Joint Security Area, The Falcon. Yeah. The green hair. And he's also... Yeah, the green hair really... I'm like, I know this guy, <laughs> but he has green hair. He's also in Thirst as well. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he's the the guy that they, like, throw in the water. Mm. I need to watch that movie. I, so. I remember not liking it very much. What? I, it was just... I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. Anyway, uh... I'm going to see what you gave. I probably gave it like a 7 or a 6. God, I'm going to figure out what, what day that was. What, oh what week? God. Number 5. Week number 5. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Basically, he starts, like, going over. And, uh... 
Just oh, like, week number five was literally just a song Kang Ho week. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, you gave it a seven. Okay. Yeah, I just remember not being like, oh, that was a great week, though. I was blown away by that one. But, uh, yeah, no, like, basically, uh, he starts, like, sparking up a friendship with uh, these two. Uh, they're both basically, like, on the front line, like, guards people, essentially. I don't know what their proper title would be, but they basically sit in little shacks. It's like Border Patrol. Like, on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically, like, at night, uh, he'll go over there and just play games with them and just talk and... Yeah, they started with just, like, throwing notes to each other. Mm-hmm. And then the one other North Korean guard, like, sent a note, jo- like, as a joke, saying, like, come on over. And then he shows up and they're like... Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically, uh, the whole middle chunks just like them having a good time. Them having a good time. Eventually, he, he brings over the other South Korean guard. Uh, can't remember what his name is. Yeah, but uh, and he he's a little more hesitant and freaked out because he's newer to the concept, and uh, also it's just like he's like, like they're they're North Korean. Can't yeah. doing this. Uh, and yeah, that, I don't know. I like this movie. I like how it's not afraid to, like, kind of show how complicated, like, the matters can be. Like, how there are not evil people on both sides. Like, the regular people on both sides are just, like, people. <laughs> and it's like, you, you know, part of you wants to think, like, going into this, that, like, Son Kane Ho's character, he's the one who's the most vocal about, like, how firm he is with North Korea. And you, like, you would expect him, like, over the course of the film to be like, oh, maybe, you know, he'll, like, go over. No, like, he's just like, no, I like my country, yeah. but I can still be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I found that to be, like, pretty interesting. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, and yeah, basically, like, I guess let's get into the incident. Yeah. Uh, eventually, one of the times when they're over there, they get walked in on by a different North Korean guard, and things get sticky for a minute, and then it seems like, alright, maybe they can, like, settle this down, uh, get out of it, not in a bloodbath, but then the South Korean guard, who had come over second, uh, yeah, just nom, yeah. goes fucking buck wild and just kills that guard. Well, it's like, it's when, when I watch it, it feels like it's more like, he doesn't even like, he just it like, seems like freaks out. Yeah, because like, he, he, the North Korean guy, the, the supervisor shows up and he, he starts to put his gun away, they both wiggle their hands away, but then his radio rings and he starts to reach for that and something just snaps and nom and he's like, oh, is he reaching for his gun? Is he reaching for his radio to tell them to come get us or something? So he freaks out. He shoots him in the head. And then their other, the North Korean, their friend that's not Song Kang-ho, uh, pulls out his gun because he's freaking out. And he immediately just, like, shoots him in the head. Yeah, and his fucking bird. Uh, Lee Byung-hung, uh, who is the the other main character besides Song Kang-ho, also shoots him because he freaks out. And then... Uh, other dude just shoots him like eight more times because he's just like in a daze. Yeah. And then basically Son Kenho goes over. He finishes the guard who walked in on them and then uh, basically allows them to shoot him in the shoulder. And they go about trying to cover this up, but the Swedish 
uh, Korean lady comes over and we figure out a piece of her past. Basically, uh, when like the countries were forming, like the split, there was a group of prisoners. Uh, I think they said that it was like, what, 76 prisoners refused like to join either side. They were like, you're both fucked. Yeah. Uh, so that's why she was, then they moved to like Sweden or they got extradited. Um, but one of them was her dad, who was originally a North Korean citizen. Yep. And they're like, well, that means she can't work here anymore because she has ties to North Korea. So that's like one of the reasons she yeah. got let off. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I just kind of want to know now. Can you tell me? So he tells her pretty much. Yeah. And she also has that bit where she like swaps their files so they can see each other's, uh, like stories because they didn't line up. Uh, and yeah, uh, the bet this leads to like what I think is probably my favorite sequence in the movie, which is where the interrogation scene where uh, our main character who isn't Song Kang Ho starts to cry and like. And he's about to like break. So yeah. then Song Kang Ho just like pushes him over so he doesn't break yeah. and he's just like, I hate you! I hate that South Korea! Yeah, basically, just kind of like to like hide the fact and to stop him from like confessing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if we mentioned this. Uh, Nam killed himself. Yeah, Nam kills himself. Uh, he gets into he tries to shoot himself, movie. but the the gun's empty, so he jumps out the window. And uh, Lee Byung Hun sees him just jump out the window. And he's like, "Yeah, this movie's fucking sad too." It is. It is and it's because like, the very end also. Our main character is being taken away after recovering from being shot in the leg, and he pulls a gun off of one of the guards and shoots himself in the head. Yep, it's just it's sad. Yeah. And then, and then the the final shot is they show a picture that a oh, yeah, like a tourist right. took, and it's all four of them in the picture without them like even knowing, without them even really knowing each other. And it's just mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just one of those sad things. It's like the the typical like just like dividing line between like where it's just like man, you guys aren't that different. It's like why why has it got to be like this kind of thing? But yeah, no this this movie was really something. Really fucking whopped me in the face when I watched it. I was just like wow, but it didn't. Hurt as hard as probably one of the other movies we watched, but we'll yeah. get to that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this movie hurt a little more because I felt uh, more personal. This might be this might characters. be more emotionally devastating, but like yeah, there's the other that, one's more uncomfortable. Probably. Yeah, the other one's more like borders on like extreme territory. Yeah, it does. I don't think it quite gets there, but it, it's definitely inching its way in that direction. Uh, but this one, this one's just, yeah, a sad, fucked up story about reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I just, I don't know what to really say about this one. Yeah, no, there's not a lot to say. It's just sad. And you highly, highly recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I, I've liked pretty much all the Park John Wick's movies I've seen. Like Stoker. Remember Stoker? I didn't. Well, I, I don't, in hindsight, I don't think I really care for that one. I don't know how yeah, I felt no, about I don't, it at the time. I don't remember. I don't think I was super crazy about it back we then. We watched even. Stoker. We did. We did it in that coincidental episode yeah. with the movie it was based on. Classic. Uh, 
that I can't remember the name of off the top uh, of my head. It's the Hitchcock one. Was it Shadow of a Doubt? Shadow of a Doubt. One? Yeah. Okay. I always want to call it Charlie, just because Uncle Charlie is like the main <laughs> thing. Uncle Charlie. But yeah. I think you'd give this movie a nine. Mm-hmm. I think you would give it a nine or a ten. Give it an eight. Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? That's not what I was expecting. What the fuck? Oh, no. Hina Taya really loves this movie, though. <laughs> she really, really likes this movie. And I do, too. Yeah, but. I forgot about your little structural point that you had mentioned. Like, yeah, that, that one really just, like... Which is fair. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, that's, like, my main complaint with it, but it happens throughout the whole movie, so I'm just like, I just kind of wish it had a, either a more just straightforward narrative structure, or they put a little more into, like, the middle chunk with it, because mm-hmm. it just feels out of place, or the middle feels out of place in the overall structure, I guess. Yeah, I feel it. Which the middle's the best part, because it's just, like, they're happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like playing soccer. <laughs> Right. But yeah, uh, let's talk about Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance by Park Chan Luke. Yes. I read a bunch of, this did not get super well reviewed, uh, mm. like on Rotten Tomatoes, it has like a 50%. Like, it's really weird because it's like a year before Old Boy, and Old Boy's like super highly acclaimed by a lot of people, but it's just like a lot of people are just like, this is too extreme. And I'm like, it's not that bad, uh, but I was like, I guess I'm just desensitized because a lot of the movies that I do think I like that are pretty extreme did come out like eight years later. So mm. I'm like, maybe that's just it. Maybe it was just too extreme for 2002. It's that, yeah, honestly, probably. But but I really like this movie. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, it's, it's depressing. It's depressing. Fuck. Like the whole. No one wins. No one's a hero. No one's really a villain, I guess. Like, they're all kind of villains. It's just, like, the cycle of revenge and how no one really wins. It only just serves to reignite in a different form and just keep going. Because, I mean, fucking... Basically, the movie begins with this deaf guy uh, who... His sister needs, like, a kidney transplant, and he's got this deal underway but it's with some shady people and oh no originally he tries to use his own kidney because he thinks he's the right blood type and his doctor's like you're an idiot you're not the right blood type and he's like fine i'll get one so he's like we'll put you on transplant list so yeah he finds a flyer that they put in the bathroom of like a random public toilet being like we sell organs and he's like this is a good idea Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, how much is it? And they're like, give us 10 million won and your kidney. And then they take their, his kidney and run away, pretty much. Yep. And dump them. So basically, he's like, well, I need to get my sister kidney. And he's got this, uh, like, Yeah, because they call up and they're like, hey, we have a transplant for you. We just need the 10 million won. And he's like, fuck. So he. I don't know why I'm doing this. He cannot talk on the telephone. That he is, is deaf. true. Uh-oh. That is true. He goes in there and they say that to him. Um, so, yeah, he's got, like, this girlfriend. Uh, I don't know if it's established that they're, like, boyfriend-girlfriend at this point. And they bang. Well, I, I, I wouldn't even call them that later on necessarily, but, yeah, they fuck later on. Yeah. Uh, but they're friends at this point, and she's like, you, you dumb fuck. Well, now you gotta basically just kidnap your boss's daughter, because how else are we gonna get the money? So he's 
Because he was fired by his boss. He was like, all right, I'll kidnap my boss's daughter. And then he thinks about it for a second. They, like, go out to his house uh, where they watch another guy who was fired by not his boss, but Song Kang Ho's character, who is, like, working at the same place, like, in a Song similar Kang-ho, position of yeah, power. Song Kang Ho is the, the president. Okay, yeah. And uh, he's with the executive that fired him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's here where he's like, all right. Well, clearly, I can't kidnap the executive's daughter because, like, he just fired me. They will clearly yeah. drag this back to me. And, and he sees somebody, like, uh, this is when they see a guy try to uh, commit seppuku. Yeah. But he has, like, a small little blade. Yeah, and he just ends up, like, making a bunch of cuts on the stomach. And then yeah. Song Kang Ho goes up and, like, tries to fucking kick that. Yeah. Like, but then he cuts his hand. Yeah. Um, but they're like, well, if we get Song Kang Ho's daughter, then he'll think about, oh, this guy was just here. Something I love about this movie is the hard cuts. Uh, it, at first, it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, I didn't know exactly what was going on at first. And then once they had done it like the second time, I was like, all right, I'm getting into the rhythm of it. Yeah. Uh, but the first time, because it's like, we're going to kidnap uh, the executive's daughter. And they don't really make a plan. They don't have a point where they're like, we're going to kidnap his daughter. Instead, it's just hard yeah, cuts yeah. to like, that their little girl in their like apartment, yeah. and it's literally just like, well, what do you suggest instead if we're not going to su- get the executive daughter? And then just hard cuts to the other daughter in their house, yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically they're like, we're gonna show her a good time, play lots of games, yeah. and they like make her cry just to take a picture, and they're like, okay, here you go. Yeah, but uh, basically what winds up happening is he gets the money. Mm-hmm. He ties up Song Peng Ho in the middle of, like, a field, so he can't, like, immediately follow him. And then he goes back to the house, and he's like, oh, I'm so happy. Uh, and then the little girl hands him a note, and he reads it, and it's like, I can't believe you did this. I don't want to be alive because of, like, you kidnapping a child. And he's like, oh, shit. So he wa- runs into the bathroom, and his sister uh, killed herself. Yeah. And he's like... Oh, fuck. So, Jesus. Just from here on, it's just like nonstop sorrow and misery. Yep. Uh, he goes to, like, the lake to bury her in, like, a bunch of rocks. Um, mm-hmm. And he brings the kid with him because he's not going to just, like, leave her at home. Uh, and while he's on the other side of the lake, she's, like, taking a nap. Uh, and she wakes up to a... A mentally disabled person who just, like, wanders around this area. He's, like, trying to take her necklace. Yeah. Um, and he was earlier, like, trying he saw... Trying to unbury the body. Yeah. He was, like, oh, he was trying to unbury the body. He was, like, throwing it. He's, like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, but Song Kang, or Ryu chases him away. And, uh, uh, and then she wakes up because of this, and she starts, like, going towards him, and she falls off the bridge. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was meant to imply, like, because at that point... We don't see the moment where she falls in. We just see, like, the after. Yeah. Uh, but it shows, like, the disabled guy, like, throwing rocks. And I'm not sure if it's meant to, like, suggest that she was, like, hit on the head and then fell in. And she can't swim, so she drowns. Uh, but basically, uh, after, like, he buries his sister and then he turns around and sees she's just the- floating. Yeah, eyes wide open, half her head submerged in the water, and he's just like, hmm. So he pulls her up on a rock and leaves her. That, the cut between these two is, I fucking love this cut, because it's just him looking down at her, and it just cuts to Song Kang Ho in that same exact 
one. Yeah, I love that. And, I and then that pulls and I really, really like how it just shifts main characters because from this point on, it's mostly Song King Ho's perspective. Yeah, it cuts back to Ryu occasionally. Ryu occasionally, mm-hmm. like when he he does eventually find those uh, the, the organ the yeah, dealers, things. and they he just fucking kills them all. Yeah, and, and that's probably the most brutal part of. <laughs> yeah, and Song well, King and the variant. Oof. Yeah, Song King Ho is then able to like kind of like figure out roughly who did it and where they lived and he like lines up like the photo with like the wallpaper and and he uh, kidnaps the girlfriend and just tortures her and kills her yep um he doesn't even technically kidnap her he just like breaks into her house yeah. ties her up I, I, I'm not sure what the official term for that is but he just tortures and kills her yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah so basically and then that leads to the fucked up scene because like he gets stabbed uh, when he was with the organ dealers. He got stabbed with the lady with the scalpel. And he goes back home to find like just a bunch of fucking cops and they're escorting the bodies. And he gets on the elevator and the body's like propped up and the blanket starts to fall. And he like just looks over and, and sees his dead her hand. Yeah. And it's just like one of those sad little moments. Yeah. And she, uh, another important thing to note is she was part of like a, like an anarchist yeah. movement. She, she threatens Song Kane Ho before he kills her. She's like, I've given them your picture and if you kill me, you will die. But the cops say that she was the only one in there, mm-hmm. which is proven wrong later. Um, but then, yeah, so Ryu does that and then he goes after Song Kang Ho and he, he can like hear him, but Song Kang Ho is a lot smarter than Ryu. Like he sees him snoring, but, at the same time, I think it's really funny. There's, like, a lot of black humor in this movie as well. Like, Song Kang Ho's snoring to try to lure Ryu in. And I'm like, Ryu's deaf. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could just say he's trying to get into the part and, like, yeah. em- emulate the breathing. But at the same time, I don't even know if Song Kang Ho knows that he's deaf at this point. Um, but I, then the, he drags him to the place that his daughter died. That whole time I was like, I don't trust. I would go through the window. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, um, something's not right here. But Song Kang Ho uh, ties him up and brings him to that same area and then fucking cuts his Achilles heels in yep. the water and just leaves him there and he died. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh! Was like, yeah, and those effects were pretty good, like the blood coming out in the water. Like, oh, yeah, oh. I, I haven't cringed that hard since Pet Cemetery. I was oh. just like, oh, oh fuck I that. don't like those sequences. And then Song Kang Ho gets out and I car pulls up because he's like starting to bury the body and the car pulls up and it's the other people from the anarchist like organization and yeah. they just each stab him and they fucking uh, pin uh, a note in his chest with a knife that says like we sent you to death yeah and he just leans against the car and he like looks up just like trying to read his chest then <laughs> it uh, and I think she says the the voice her yeah. voice, like, plays again of what she had said. I didn't think... I, I didn't like that they did that. Yeah, I don't think they needed to do that, but yeah, I was just like... Whatever. Was, yeah. It didn't, like, take me out, but I'm like, that was unneeded. If I had two big criticisms of the movie, it would be that. And there's a scene earlier on where they show the little girl shirtless for, like, an extended period of time, and I was like, oh, I don't really see what the point of that was. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. There's a lot of... I don't really care... Because yeah, I don't, like, there there are some scenes that bordered on that kind of uh, like pedophilic. Yeah, I don't energy. think showing a child uh, like without a shirt on is 
pedophilic in nature. I, I because, don't. Because, like, I think that... I don't either, but I think that paired with some of the other stuff that was in the movie. Like, there's a scene where, like, he's, like, when he first gets back with the money, he, like, kisses her on the face, and then he, like, lets her, like, sit on his chest. Yeah, no, there are definitely moments, yeah, but I'm just like, oh, yeah. But, yeah, aside from those... Uh, it's just a fucked up movie. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie. But I, I really well enjoyed made. it. Yeah, I I was expecting something fucked up, but this this was pretty brutal. But yeah. I, I I really enjoyed this movie. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd say I really enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. You just hate Song Kang Ho. Also, Song Kang Ho was fucking awesome in this movie. No, oh, yeah. Uh, just like in all of the movies, I'm just gonna say that every time. But the guy who plays Ryu is also really good, mm-hmm. um, and I really like how the there's like just internal monologues that's just like written occasionally, like it'll cut to a black screen because he just he doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You give this movie a six, no. a seven, mm-hmm. an eight. Yeah. You just said, I don't know if I really like this movie. Well, I... Oh, you didn't... I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you didn't enjoy watching it because it's sad. I get it. Yes. Do uh, we give it an eight? A nine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's time to talk about the... Oh, wait. Actually, I don't know if it's the host or the show must go on first. I think they both came out the same year. Yeah, but which came out first? <laughs> that I do not know. This is a very interesting debacle we're in. Let's talk about the host. The host. The, the, the host. Okay. Bong Joon-ho. The host is like capitalism, man. I mean, yeah. yeah. But so are all of Bong Joon-ho's well, movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie's good. This movie's I, good. I don't... I love this movie. Yeah. It's... I... If you were to sample any movie from what we watched today, probably this would be your best bet. If you're just getting into, like, Song Kang-ho. And this is also my favorite. Out of the five movies, is my favorite performance by Song Kang-ho out of all of them. Um, I think it has pretty much everything I like about Song Kang-ho solidified in this role. Like, there is the comedy. There's the brutal intensity with, like, just horrifically sadness. And... He also is a complete idiot at the beginning. Yeah, and he also <laughs> and most of it, he's a complete idiot. Yeah, but. And he, he touches into like lightly that, like I wouldn't say as much as maybe some other films, but he kind of gets into that light actiony kind of. Yeah, definitely. Kind of there are still from his siblings, and the fucking and the fucking ending is, I think, is a fucking epic. <laughs> the like the I, final I like fight. the ending. I I think I like the final fight. <laughs> I like the final fight. Uh, I think the actual scene they decide to end on is like, I get it, but I think it's like, of all the scenes to end on that, that one? Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, this movie's great. Uh, basically, Son Kane-ho is just kind of a failure in life. <laughs> at least that's the way that you would yeah. like. He's just like late 30s, just living at home, uh, working at his dad's like little convenience shack on the, on the river. Yeah, he's like sleeping. He's got his facing coins, which we we find out more about that later. But uh, basically, yeah, he's working at this shack. He's you know saving up. He's got like this little coin jar full of dimes for 
maybe to buy his daughter a cell phone. Uh, but yeah, he's basically got to take out some food to some customers as an apology because he ate one of their squid yeah, legs. so he's giving them beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and while this is going on, while he's driving it off, he notices everybody's like, what's that thing over on the bridge over there? And earlier in the film, we get a scene where we see, like, a Herschel from The Walking Dead and uh, some other guy are dumping chemicals. Was that the- Herschel from The Walking Dead? Yes. Okay, I've seen, like, the first four episodes of The Walking Dead. And I was uh, like, this is not my jam. Season two. Uh, don't blame you. It's bad. Anyway. Oh, fuck. I'm going to pick all of it for the next week. No, you're fucking not. Do you have a pick for next week, by the way? I do. Okay, good. <laughs> But yeah, so Big Monster comes out, and I really like this as like a monster movie because it shows up so early, mm-hmm. and it's not even like the main antagonist. The main antagonist is like life, you know, but yeah. <laughs> this is the main antagonist for them. Uh, but he, he grabs, the monster grabs his daughter, yeah. and then the rest of the movie is like Song Hang trying to get his daughter back. Yeah, and... Uh, Failing. Yeah, him and his family, like his uh, sister is like... A bronze medalist, and she just, like, breaks under pressure, mostly. Yeah. And, uh, his brothers, like, went to college but can't get a job. So yeah. he's just kind of... He's famous for, like, being kind of, like, a... Uh, like, a good escape artist, essentially. Like, he's good at, like, getting out of sticky situations. Uh, and, yeah, the father... He's doing he's his thing. He's guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, basically, they all come together to try to escape. So basically, like, the monster attacks, and then, like, uh, the South Korean government and the U.S. military basically gather everyone together, and they're like, uh, anyone who was present during the monster, you're infected, probably. We need to keep you disease control. Stop the spread. So they put him in quarantine, and uh, Song Kano's family escapes from that and goes out on the hunt. And then later on, uh, everybody kind of gets split up the dad dies because uh, Song Kang Ho like miscounted his miscounted. And I, well, That's actually like a perfect example of why I really like this movie as like a horror movie. Um, because in a lot of like horror movies, people make mistakes, which is fine, but a lot of them are fucking stupid. But every mistake in this movie is like a very reasonable thing. Like Song Kang Ho miscounts something or yeah. grabs uh, the wrong hand. Yeah, which is you know like the. And people like to talk about he's a bad father in this movie. And he's like, he's a bad employee. I don't know if I would go to say he's a bad father. He gives the kid, like, a drink of beer. Yeah. Like, there are things he's not great at. But in general, it's obvious he loves his daughter. And, like, he literally, he's everything. He's just bad in these situations. Yeah. No, I I wouldn't call him a bad father. Like, not rich, not successful. But he's definitely trying. You can tell the whole time, you know, he wants to spend quality time with his daughter. He shares, like, the first beer with her. Uh, And he's, like, constantly just trying to... He's convinced she's not dead even before she, like, calls him. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah. So, they escape. They go after her. The dad dies after revealing, like, basically, like, that... Basically, he was a piece of shit. He's kind of he blames himself for why Song Kang Ho's character is the way he is. Basically, he thinks, like, he had, like, the potential to be, like, a really smart, bright guy. But basically, he wasn't around when he was a kid and didn't give him the proper, like, development he needed, both from 
uh, just like a parenting standpoint and also just a nutrient standpoint because like he didn't eat very much. So just mm-hmm. like he thinks that had an effect on him and that's why he dozes off so much in the movie. Uh, and I like this scene because he's like, he's basically just telling his siblings like, hey, good guys, you guys are being really hard on him. He's trying. Just don't be hard on him. But both the siblings just fucking fall asleep during this. And he's just like, whatever, I just need to get this off my chest because I'm going to be dead in the next scene. Uh, But yeah, so I like that. Uh, And yeah, basically they all get split up after that. Song and Ho goes back to the quarantine facility where they lobotomize him. Uh, but it does, like, fully work, and he's like, fuck you, I'm gonna kill Yeah, and then the, the American uh, like, guy shows up, and he's like, what, you don't know? All right, well, I'm about to tell you it's really confidential and really convenient for the sake of this movie, but I love this scene yeah, so much. Yeah, I, I, I think it's so really I, funny, so. So he basically explains his evil plot, like, step for step. Well, it's, it's mostly just, the, like, the government is just, like, hiding things. And yeah, it's like, like, there is no disease. Yeah, and no Song Kang... There's no like, virus, and he just leans over, he's like, no virus? <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, this guy can talk fucking English? Uh-oh. And I'm like, maybe not, but you just said no virus. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not... <laughs> Enough to where yeah. you can pick up at least that little bit, and so he... So they lobotomize him, and he's, but it doesn't like fully take because lobotomies are the pseudo—they're not real. Like it's not—it's just like poking the brain, exactly. Uh, but it doesn't work, and he escapes. He like he grabs the syringe, and he's like catatonic for a second. And they're like, "Oh, look at this fucking vegetable!" And just fucking like, ah! He, he escapes, and he he goes to because right before uh, he had pretty much figured out. Where where the monster was going, mm-hmm. um, and they all kind of figure that out through their own means. Yeah, um, and the older brother has to like escape. Yeah, and meanwhile, uh, the little girl, his daughter, has been down in the sewer, and a little boy has shown. Yeah, up. a little boy shows up who we see at the very beginning trying like steal from the the convenience stand mm-hmm. while Sonkin goes asleep. Yeah. Um, and but he he shows up. He's he's captured by the monster, and the the daughter's trying to keep him safe, and they try to escape, but uh, instead they they get eaten by the monster. Yeah, and also, uh, I just want to bring this up before I completely forget this plot point because I found I found it to be fascinating. The idea that they would bring in like these big chemical things, like they're like. There's a disease running loose. We're going to just send gaseous chemicals through the street. And it immediately just starts making, like, people's ears and orifices bleed. It's like, what was the game plan here? Well, I mean, like, I know that... Well, the gas was specifically to kill that monster. Which the monster was, like, people knew about the monster. They were just saying that the monster caused the disease in people. I I see. Okay, I thought the gas was for the citizens. No, all the citizens that were there were not supposed to be there. They were like, fuck you! They were correct. Yeah. And they all had, had, like, shirts and banners of Song King all like, free him! Well, that's what they get for protesting. (laughs) What were they expecting? But they also, people, it was obvious that they knew the protesters would be there because they're, like, writing down things. Like, obviously, the effects on humans. In general, like, the humans, the government is so fucked up in this movie. Just like in real life. What? 
<laughs> I guarantee if this monster existed that something somewhat close to what happens in this movie would probably have happened. Do you think a conservative would watch this movie and be like, this is proof COVID was not real? I, I was watching this movie the whole time and I'm like, man... I bet this would fucking send a lot of fucking conservatives like, yeah, this movie's fucking great. It's telling you not to, like, fucking believe in government diseases and shit. And I was like, there's so many things. There are so many Bong Joon-ho movies that I think conservatives would watch and completely miss the point of. Yeah. It's like the people that watch Parasite and was like, yeah, isn't it so scary to think that somebody could be living in the basement of your house? I'm like... What? <laughs> That's not... What? That's not the takeaway from That's, this movie. What? It's like, man. Can you imagine getting hit in the head with a rock? <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so. Where, oh, yeah. So basically, uh, the monster comes up to gas in it, and on top of that, the daughter. She's she's not she it's Hongkingo sees her because the monster like falls over. Um and Songo sees the daughter's like hand gripping the teeth still and he pulls her out along with the kid. And he like immediately takes her away and just leaves the kid there. Yeah. Um, eventually he goes back. But I it's another thing and I'm just like, it's it's shock, it's obvious, like it's fine. I I don't blame him for not taking this other like child that he has no idea about. Mm-hmm. Um but then they, they do a, like, final fight with the monster where uh, he, like, starts hitting the monster with the, a fucking, like, pole. Yeah, like he did earlier in the yeah, movie. But this time he, like, movie. breaks the cement off and just starts, like, stabbing it. But then he gets, like, knocked out. And then uh, the brother, who had befriended a homeless gentleman. Yeah. Uh, he, he's got, like, Molotov cocktails yeah. that he's throwing. And then... He's uh, doing some damage. Uh, and he's like, oh, this is gonna be the one. And he fucking just... I, I wouldn't say he was really doing damage. He missed, like, every single fucking Yeah, but he was time. scaring him. But this one, it was like, oh, this is gonna hit. This is gonna yeah, hit. This because guy, the homeless guy just poured a bunch of gasoline on the guy. And it's established earlier in the movie that whenever, like, it's raining or whatever, this monster, like, to basically just, like, open its mouth yeah. and get it. So it's drinking the gasoline. Yeah, and then the brother misses the Molotov cocktail. Yeah, he just fucking drops it. He's like, oh, fuck. So the sister comes in with the arrow. Catches it on fire and shoots that fucker right in the eye. And then he goes on fire and he's like, ah, It's going to ah, run back sure. into the water. And then suddenly Song Hyo just comes out from behind a pillar and yeah. just holds it. And yeah. he fucking has the pole in his hand. He's like, oh. And then you see the ring at the end. I'm like, that's such a fucking cool shot. Mm-hmm. And the monster dies. Yeah. And so does the daughter. And so does the daughter. And then it ends with him like taking care of the son and remembering the daughter. Mm-hmm. And... You don't like that ending scene? I, I like I, I really like the ending shot of the I think it's really pretty of it snowing and the the, the yeah. huts just in the middle of the snow. I, I like that shot. I I get the purpose of the ending. I don't know. I just I of all the scenes to end it on, I was like, eh. But I get it's to like it. Should have been him like kick flipping. It should have been. Should have been him. Going back outside. It should have been twenty more monsters coming out. Yeah, because I mean they poured a lot of that chemical. Yeah. I do you Honestly, think it only mutated one fish. I like to imagine it mutated a bunch, but then that one just ate all of the other ones or something. <laughs> I, I almost wonder because they say it's the got, like, multiple tails and it's got multiple eyes. I wonder if it was just multiple mutated fish, just like it's, like melded together, <sighs> pretty much. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I think this movie kicks ass. Like, yeah, I, I think that in general, the CG on the monster definitely has aged in 14 years. But this is probably one of my favorite monster designs. I love I love the look of this monster. And I love the way it moves. I love how it uses its tail, like, swing on the fucking, <laughs> like, underbelly of bridges and stuff. I just... And I really like the weird mouth it has. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of really cool epic moments, like that that final fight. But I also like how the the daughter that bow and arrow s- sequence like had so much build up, and I yeah, think it was couple, really worth it. Because like obviously, when the movie starts and you see that she misses, you're you're waiting for like that to pay but off. But that happens multiple times too. Like she's like fighting the monster, and she's like, oh, and she can't do it, and yeah. she's doing it again, and then she's pulled back, and then finally she does it, and then, yeah, yeah. It's nice, because, like, there's a couple... Yeah, it's just, like... I'm glad it just wasn't, like, mentioned at the beginning, and then it just shows up right there at the end for, like... Like, it's, like, a box to be checked off. I like that it kept coming back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, This movie is just extremely well-paced, well-made. It's a good genre masher. Yeah. Uh, It's well-written. It's got... It's, like, surface level enough, but got enough of, like of a context behind it to where it's not just completely just like, oh, I'm watching the most basic shit ever. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's a good experience. It's a well-rounded movie. Uh, yeah, just like most Bond. Bond uh, Junho movies. Yeah, he, he makes really nice and they're always really accessible to people. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Bong Joon-ho's, like, superpower. He can make things that are incredibly dense if you really want them to be. Like, in their themes and their characters, but also extremely accessible for people to just watch. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'd highly recommend the host. That's uh, why you're going to give it an eight. Yeah. Ten. I think it's still a nine right okay. now. It, uh, yeah. Not fucking ten. Okay. No, ten. I can't. There that's, you go. I keep giving tens. That's the fourth... Yeah, now I've given four Bong Joon-ho movies tens. I mean, yeah. I, just, I mean, honestly, this movie probably this, deserves it. This movie just... It's a good can movie. you give it a ten, then? Well, no, I don't. Oh. I don't uh-huh. think so. Yeah, sure. But I, I can see why you would give it a ten. But it's just like, it. this one just gets better on every watch. I feel like the next time I watch A Taxi Driver, it'll finally get that ten for me. Because oh, I've watched it, I think, three times. And it keeps getting a nine, but it keeps getting better. So I'm just like, that's ah, probably a ten next time. Yeah. Uh, is the show must go on the last one? Yep. Show must go on. Uh, this is one that I like. Hadn't really heard a lot about, but it, I kept seeing it, and I was I always really liked the poster because Song Kang was just like, "Hey," <laughs> and I was like, uh, "I want to watch that." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's by like a guy that I've never heard of. And I, I kind of just wanted a, an obscure pick for one of them. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah, I I think this is definitely the weakest of the five, in my opinion. Um, I'd probably say it's, like, tied for me. What, with Falcon for mm-hmm. you? Okay. Um, yeah, I like the Falcon more than you, so that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I like, I think the best sequence in this movie is the, uh, the stabbing attempt sequence. Uh, that, there, that whole... I think the back half of this movie is exceptional. I think that the front half is a little weak in general. Um, and I think the pacing of this movie is really bad. I agree. Like, really bad. Uh, I think this movie 
it suffers between being a generic gangster movie and being a generic lifetime drama movie. And it's only lifted above that because Song Hyo is incredible in this movie. He is. Like, it, he it, is. Like I said, the host, but like this has, the, the writing's not great, but he's so good in this movie. Yeah, the, like he the, gives a fucking 10 out of 10 That fucking sure. scene, like at the end, the fucking closing scene. Oh, yeah. So fucking devastating. Mm-hmm. And I really like the idea behind this movie. I just, yeah, it's just not great. So he's, you know, gangster dad, you know, he's in this gang uh, he's loyal to his boss, uh, who basically helped him out of a situation. He's got his brother, who was in a rival gang called the Jaguars. Uh, and his brother was like, oh, come over to our side. He's like, I can't. I'm loyal to my boss. Uh, but as the film goes on, basically, uh, the boss's brother is jealous of him and uh, basically, like, attempts a hit on him with some guys coming and stabbing him uh, after he's, like, secured this, like, good contract deal. Uh, And basically, like, this stabbing thing, like, gets really big, wide publicity, and so he gets taken off that project. So he attacks the brother with a bat, and then the boss is like, what the fuck are you doing? That's my brother. Don't do that. He's like, alright, it's fine. So he ends up uh, kind of leaving, and then yeah, he, he just kind of like walks away. And meanwhile, uh, at home, his daughter hates him because he's a fucking gangster, and his wife also is yeah. on the route of hating him. But, but he's like, like really, he is trying. He's trying to get out. Like he wants to do this like last big thing, so he can get this money. He has this house that he put a deposit down for. Mm-hmm. And he also has a son that in college in Canada that he's paying for, mm-hmm. and he's just like, I need this money. Uh, yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, his wife's like, leave the gang or divorce me. Like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. And he, he he's like, okay, I will. Like, yeah. he, he asks, and he goes to the the son, and he's like, hey, I I want to apologize, and I want out, and all I want the is brother. the the brother. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I said the son. He well, yeah, he talks to brother, and he's like, "All I want is like the convenience stand." He has like, there's like a grocery stand that they like have in their mm. empire, and he's like, "I just want that." Yeah, it's like, because that's one of the things I like. It's like I'm not good so. at anything else. It's what my wife wants. I, I literally just want this life. I'll stay out of your hair. I'll let you. And basically, he's like, why didn't you just go to the brother? And he's like, I think it would be better if we like ended on decent terms. And, He's like, okay, and they, he starts to go, and he's like, hey, wait up, and he walks up, and he just fucking stabs Song Kang-ho, and Song Kang-ho's like, ah! and he fucking throws him in the car, beats the shit out of him, and just drives off. Yeah, and he, he's about to kill him, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill him, and he gets on the phone with the guy from the Jaguars, his friend, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy, and he's like, don't, we can use him as leverage and bait for your boss. He's like, I can't, I can't. He's thinking about it for a second, but then as he's about to kill this guy, he's like, I'm sorry, please don't kill me. My brother, he told me that he wishes you were his brother, not me. And he's like, ah, fuck, I can't do this. So he, like, throws him in the trunk. trunk. So he can't escape again. And he talks to the brother, and he's like, listen, we'll just meet up. I understand. And he's like, I'll come alone. Yeah. And he's, like, driving there, and then all the fucking... Yeah, uh, all of his... Mobs, 
the brothers, like men, men kind of show up and they just start chasing him and they get into a car crash and the brother dies. The the younger brother dies. So then when he shows up to the meeting, the older brother tries to kill him. He's like, you killed my brother. And then they get into a fight. Uh, Song ago, he had shot in the leg. Yeah, but then, and then he turns the and he the kills gun. him. Yeah. It's like, I didn't kill him. I told you I didn't kill him, you fucking asshole. And he's like, shoots him because he's like, well, I, did, I don't think I'm going to walk out of this. One of us has to die in this scenario, essentially. And then he goes to the hospital and then prison. And yeah. And then his uh, wife is like, hey, be no. good in there. Like, actually turn yourself around this time. And he's basically like, no. Well, he's like, okay. And then, uh, he decides not to because he, he thinks that he can just, like, he, he, he joins the Jaguars so that he can get a bunch of money for his wife. Mm-hmm. And then they all go to Canada and he sits in his home watching home videos, eating ramen and crying. Yep. I think the ending to this movie is fantastic. And it's, I think this is also like a super effective look at like, not just the mafia, but like capitalism as a whole and how it's like this endless vicious cycle that you can't get out of if you want to like have a decent life for your family. He's like, I want to get out. I want to get out. And then can't get out if he wants his family. So he gives all this money to his family and he suffers for it. Um, But I just think that, I just think that the rest of the movie is just really weak. Or not really weak, but just much weaker than yeah, Song like, Kang Ho's level. I, I had a fun time like watching the movie. Like, yeah. I don't think there was any points in it where I was like, fuck this movie. Yeah, no, definitely. I don't mean uh, that. I just mean it's weaker. Yeah. And I do think that the pacing is abysmal. Yeah. There, there was a couple points where I'm like, oh, the movie. Because like, I was watching this out in the living room on the heat wave day. And my parents were out there. I'm like, oh, yeah, the movie's like, about to be over. And then it went on for like a lot longer. And I was like, oh. Oops. Were they watching with you? Uh, not really. Kind of. Like, they would tune in every once in a while. They're like, why is he not speaking English? <laughs> yeah, they're like, what the hell are you watching? It's a gangster movie. Leave me alone. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this movie is alright. Uh, like I said, I think the best sequence in this movie is the, the sequence where the guys try to come and stab him while he's at a convenience store. Uh, oh yeah, that was fun. That's a fun scene too. Yeah, it, it's like it's it's pretty cool. It's well choreographed, but it's also like it's also fun. He's like <laughs> he's like jumping over stuff. Uh, the whole movie is like shot with like handheld, mm-hmm. and I think that's like the only one of the few only scenes where it works. A lot of the time when they're doing it, like, there's a few scenes where I'm like, I feel like I'm watching like a fucking. MTV like reality show, Mr. Songyo, Mr. Songyo. Like there's there's a particular scene where like the daughter and mother are on the couch watching the stabbing sequence go on, and it looks like shit. Like it just does not look good. Uh, but yeah, uh, this movie's fine. Yeah, this movie's fine. This was the first one I watched too. Uh, this was like this is the second one because I watched I rewatched the host first. I watched this one, uh, then I watched, what's, the, what was the middle one? Not the... Jelling Security area. Yes, yes. And then, uh, fucking, Revenge, or, Mr. Vengeance and, uh, the fucking, Falcon. But yes, uh, this movie... 
You'd give it a six as well, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a six. I'd probably, under normal circumstances, give it a five. But Sonkin. Sonkin. Yeah. yeah. He um, elevates this to like a ten. No. <laughs> like I said, he gives a ten performance, yeah. but it's definitely like a five or a six. Yeah. Uh, give this like six or seven? Six. Okay. There's only one movie that I've watched with Song King that I've given less than a six at this point. I gave The President's Barber a five. But it's like all of the movies I've watched with them are like, even if they're not amazing, he's so good in them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like but yeah. Uh, I guess here. Dice. Oh, yeah. Well, here. Hold on. I've got I've got the rankings. Oh, yeah. So for your rankings, I put... Oh, God. Hold on. Let's see if it'll show me my fucking notes. Okay. So for your number one, I had The Host. Yeah. Then I had uh, Sympathy. Yeah. Then I had uh, JSA. Yeah. Then I had Falcon. Yeah. And the show must go on. Yep. Perfect. Yours is um, Joint Security Area. Mm Mm-hmm. The host. Mm-hmm. The sympathy. Mm-hmm. And then the foul king and show must go on, but those who are kind of those two are swapped. Okay. Uh, honestly, yeah, I might put the foul king above the show go on after talking about it a little more. But yeah, I don't know. They're like. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say The Falcon is a little more consistent of a film than The Show Must Go On, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but. All right. Two, three, four. We do the bag. Four, three, okay. seven. That means we do two bag episodes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. All right. What are we watching, Thomas? So we are going to be watching. Is it bad? Uh, you might think one of them's bad. I don't know. Maybe you won't. Uh, we're going to be watching Dawn of the Dead from 1978, and we're going to be watching Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Zack Snyder's Zack Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be watching the theatrical cut. Okay. I will uh, also then. Yeah. I th- you can find full uploads on YouTube, because uh, one of the producers of Dawn of the Dead is a fucking dickhole and spent... A lot of money converting the film into 3D in the early 2000s, and uh, refuses to sell the film rights for any less than he uh, spent making it into 3D. So no one's willing to buy it over here. So we do not have any official releases over here from the turn of this century. Not true. We've got there's a couple of DVD sets that came out and one basic bitch Blu-ray set, but. It's like the DVD and basic commentary. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so those are the two we will be watching. Cool. Zack Snyder. George A. Romero. Thanks everybody for tuning into Screen Weeds 101, baby. Woo. Not as good as Wild Hogs, though. Oh, true.